Where did I park? Where did I park? Welcome to another journey in trying to find out where did I park. I'm your host, Chris, better known as CP, and I'm here to park some of my thoughts and feelings so I can clear my head and get my life together. So here goes nothing. On Friday, June 29th, 2007, at 12.17 p.m. at Royal Oak Beaumont Hospital, my mom died. Uh, She fought a good fight against cancer and won, but her body was too tired to fight on. I probably remember everything in the two days before it, um, but especially that last week. And zooming in, I remember the last 24 hours before. This makes 12 years, and I'll probably always remember those hours. Suffice it to say, uh, it sucked. I'm not going to dive too deep into those hours today, but I am mentioning it now because I will reference it a little later. And also, I want to acknowledge... just the day as it passes on this year. Uh, So before I get started, I just want to say, Mom, I love you and continue to miss you. And there's not a day that goes by where I don't think of you in some way, shape, or form. Everyone listening, please send up a quick thought for my dad, my nephew, my sisters, um, just my family. I know 12 years isn't a traditional milestone, but I don't think this one is any better than the other or any worse. But uh, this time it hits everyone a little differently. I seem to do all right, but it's heavier for others. So anyways, bookmark this time and we'll get back to it a little later on the episode. So I'm going to talk about work today. I'll probably vent a little. I'll probably ramble, but just got to get some stuff off of my chest and how I'm feeling. Uh, Not really about the current job. Not so much. So it's not like I'm venting about what's happening currently, but I just want to talk through some of the highs and lows of what I've been through. Uh, Mostly the lows, but just how it's affected me moving forward. So when I graduated, um, I really didn't have my stuff together. Um, A couple of interviews I had didn't pan out and I didn't have many favorable options. Probably should have done was taken a gap year, continued working full time at my job, got my stuff together for a different job, or just gotten prepared for grad school. But I took a job to be back home, uh, be closer to family. My mom was sick, I could live rent free, and it would just uh, help justify that the salary was severely below average for graduates in my major. Um, Honestly, it was safe, so I took it. There were so many red flags though. Uh, For example, when I went for my interview, um, the HR manager, mentioned that she thought I had a connection with one of the top dogs at the company. Um, We'll call him Jim. I said I did. (laughs) So then over the header of my resume, she writes, he knows Jim. (laughs) So much for laying low. Uh, Not only did I come in with a target on my back, but also they just threw me in a corner with no guidance or no responsibility. So I had to find things to do. Hell, I had to find my manager. And uh, thus began the perfect storm of irresponsibility, corporate America, and life. 
I don't know why I had rose-colored goggles on for so long, but this was a rough intro for life, work life anyway. I thought I was gonna take over the auto industry like I saw my dad do, but it was 2005. And also I was so far from under the totem pole, I was part of the dirt holding the totem pole up, really. Uh, positively speaking, I learned some valuable trade skills that I still use today. But really, I learned how much college-educated young people are hated, the overvaluing of sending parts out the door, and what you can or cannot say. I was uh, taken under the wing of the... The Corporate Brother. He showed me a lot, but it wasn't much about business. It was a lot of... Hey, man, you look like me. So uh, follow me, do what I say. I teach you how to survive in this world. But then as soon as I would leave, he'd be like, Yeah, I don't know about Chris. I tried to reach out to him, but he's lost. You know, we got a connection. A lot of people not respecting me for just being young and out of school, having gone to school, period. Having been black, young and out of school. Um, a lot of just the worst. Had people sabotaging my work, rolling me under the bus. Um, I even had somebody plant evidence in my cube to support their rolling me under the bus. Um, they didn't know that I was friends. Uh with the person in the next cube so like they called me on my cell phone at lunch and they were like yeah before you come in make sure you uh see what's what because people are rummaging all around your desk and they had all the managers over here and this guy talking about yeah see i told you i put it there i told you chris messed it up so i blew a gasket that day for the most part i tend to follow the rules um of not discussing race religion or politics at work but all around people wanted me to talk about them. It's almost like they were baiting me. And anytime I would share my experience, they seemed to find a way not to fool with me even more about it. <laughs> and I'll never forget the new HR rep who saw my tattoos and fraternity brands at lunch one day and immediately started judging me. I'm talking about like we rode in the same car to Panera and we both sat in the back seat. But she found a, a new ride on the way back to work after that. Didn't help that her work husband was my supervisor, and we didn't see eye to eye. It was a, it was pretty much a daily disaster. Like, I felt sick every morning just going to that place. Most of the plants I had to go to were 30 minutes away, sometimes even an hour and a half away. And the drive would just make me nauseous as I pulled into the parking lot. I mean, after I got this one performance review from hell and got talked about on an email they didn't realize I was on, I finally saw that was a sign to quit. Honestly, I'm pretty uh, sure that they were gonna try to get rid of me, so it was a race to quit or get fired. I didn't even have a job lined up, but I had to go. So fortunately, um, I did you know, find some solace in living at home, so I left and I was all the better for it. Now that I think about it, um, the plant manager didn't even let me finish my two weeks. He was like, we'll pay you out for the two weeks. Just, just go. It was a relief, but the depression about it didn't end. Uh, my best friend was in law school at the time, and I would hang out with him and his friends. I mean, it was perfect. I was tired from work and job searches, and they were tired from class. We were all tired, so we, you know, drowned our sorrows in cheap alcohol. <laughs> um, I even dated a couple people there. Um, they all graduated and got great jobs, though, and that was the difference. And uh, at the time, my girlfriend basically said that we had different grinds. <laughs> so in other words, uh, she was working now and I wasn't. And she couldn't talk to her friends about it. So it sucked, but thank God for seasons. So 
I ended up working some night shift at a factory job until I had a new one lined up in about a month or so. Now the new job was awesome. I got to travel a lot. Uh, no place exciting, don't get it twisted. Um, I was all up in the Great Plains and everything. But I was working my ass off and I was pretty good at it. I came in a lot more guarded. Uh, but again, still ran into some random dudes stuck in yesteryear who only believe tattoos were supposed to be on Popeye or uh, naked women or, you know, military veterans that got them on their forearm way back in the day. And, you know, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm not full of ink. I don't look like I play in the league, you know, but I had a, a few. Um, and they're not even in, like, bad places, but people are people. Uh, I'll never forget one lunch. He was going off on how his 19-year-old son wanted to get a tattoo and his life was going to be over. I just kept eating my soup, chilling. Out of nowhere, he's like, Chris, you have a tattoo, don't you? And I was really trying to figure out if I had ever shown it. I think he just judged me. Well, assumed I did. And I was like, yeah, I do. Well, where is it? I said, it's on my arm, but I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> His face got beat red with anger. But the only thing that stopped it was like four other people, including people he respected at work, was like, oh, cool, I got one too. Yeah, I got one. And somehow he found a way to get over it with them. But with me, that was just the tip of the iceberg. He was always looking for something to complain about. I mean, we had company cars and I had an old clunker that had a few months left before they were able to get a new model. So I was driving it around and the standard operating procedure was just to expense all the oil changes, but give him the car and he'd take care of any like serious maintenance issues. Well, I had serious maintenance issues. It was, a, you know, old clunker, but he kept putting me off when I told him about brakes and transmission and shoot half the stuff I don't even remember. And then finally, at the request of my boss, he went to get it fixed. Like three weeks later, he brings me these keys. And he's like, Chris, I gotta be honest with you. I thought you were milking it a little bit with the car, but it broke down just driving to my shop. <laughs> That's a real death trap. No apology or nothing, just an acknowledgement. So that was his second chance with me. We'll get to the third and final one shortly. So I was making a name for myself. Like, I was walking the talk and talking the walk. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Walking the walk. I think that's what it was. <laughs> but I had locks, but I was sitting here out here in random facilities in the middle of Nebraska and North and South Dakota. On a but I was coming out with six-figure sales and, and new clients. I was having a record-setting year, destroying sales goals. And then my mom got sick, really sick. I had a client who was just wild beyond imagination, but I was determined to keep showing and proving. Um, I didn't want to give anybody any real reason to doubt me. So family and friends were gathered at the hospital and I was logged on to my VPN. My boss seemed okay with it. I was keeping the client happy. I was working hard, which kind of helped through the pain. And then, you know, on June 29th, she went on to glory. Um, through the tears, I told my boss she had passed and I needed some time off. <laughs> I said I was taking next week off for family and help with arrangements. My boss said, the whole week? There's something about red flags that even fly, and you can see them flying when your head is down. He sighed with disappointment, but he kind of agreed. They sent their corporate rep to the wake, which originally looked like a kind gesture, but I eventually came to learn that they were growing concerned about the actual sickness. And when news of her passing hit, the corporate checkup was changed to a sympathy checkup. So 
let me get to strike three with old dude first. So I get back from work the next week early as usual. Um, and a lot of my colleagues had expressed condolences and welcomed me back. Old buddy that was hating on my tattoos in the company car was like, hey, Chris. Sorry about your loss. But I was surprised you were gone all week. I mean, she was sick, right? And I said, well, yeah, she was. Yeah, so it's not like it was an accident. At least you knew it was coming. I heard you were out for a week and I thought it was something sudden. Dawa, glad you're back. Have a good day. <laughs> and that was at like 8 a.m. I'm not sure if I remember anything else that happened for the rest of the day. But I was not in a good place. A few weeks after that, the corporate big dogs came in and gave us some new product information. And he was pop quizzing us on how much training we would need. And we all failed miserably. But when he asked me a question, I apparently gave him the biggest look of uncertainty ever. And it made him question my ability to sell a new product that nobody knew anything else about. I mean, the L is a L. I mean, we all take them. So I took mine with everybody else. But then a few days later, I still heard rumblings of my specific L. In fact, the rumblings continued past that week, past the company picnic, past the group outings, <laughs> all the way to bonus time, where my bonus and my raise were chopped down to a smaller size because... Although I was one of the few that made my goal, and the one who sold the highest this year, my reaction to the pop quiz left a bad taste in their mouth. So for me, that was enough for me to go. I think I had worn out my welcome in Michigan. Uh, I had properly grieved. It was time to move on. My dad seemed to be doing better. I loved what I did, but it was just time to move forward. Um, the review and the whack bonus was just like the nail on the coffin, so to speak. I didn't really plan to come back to North Carolina, but a company rolled out the red carpet for me. They promised me the moon and the stars, but it, you know, ended up being fool's gold. I was excited to leave, so I jumped on it. A lot of my friends were making moves, and honestly, I was ready to make mine. I felt like I was still behind due to my previous work experiences, and I had some regrets about moving home. You know, it wasn't the best move, but it was the only move I thought possible. I had been battling for a long time with regret about going home, um, but I felt and I still feel like it was God's plan to send me there. I needed the last two years with my mom and I needed the last two years with my parents, you know, as my peers and not so much as as my mom and dad. Um, I don't know why I didn't see the red flags at this job, but before my exit, um, what was a busy and flourishing department <laughs> looked kind of like the last scene of Fresh Pins of Bel-Air where he's looking at the empty house. And I remember looking and I was like, man, sucks that they're gone. What I didn't realize was it was about to be sucks that I was gone too. But not before I had <laughs> proposed to my girlfriend, spoiler alert, who's now my wife. Uh, we had bought some land and had a house built and we were planning our little American dream. And then I got laid off. Dreams and nightmares or at least dreams deferred. Um, had to call in some favors and do some legal hustles to make some ends meet and still have a wedding. Uh, <laughs> but those prices got a lot, a lot steeper when I didn't have steady income. Open bar? What about an open shot? What about an open six pack? <laughs> Shit got real, real quick. Side note, <laughs> shout out to my dog that got me rolling selling insurance. If you're really about that life, you can make a killing. I guess that's bad word talking about killing and insurance. Anyways, if you're in that joint, it kind of works. But I wasn't in. I was just there to pay some bills and get married. But I did go to one of those big conferences, though. 
And it was like that scene out of Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man. What is yes, God? Yes! 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 <laughs> it was part inspiring, part hilarious, and kind of part scary. But it did help float me till it was time to move on. So I am always appreciative. Anyways, where did I park? So eventually I took a contract job and literally just worked. Busted my butt, but my boss had no intentions of bringing me on. Life was happening and I needed to do better in life. But she just wasn't budging. Eventually, I fought and kicked down enough doors to get an interview. I turned so many heads, my boss got in trouble for not hiring me. But from her mouth, she was convinced that I was just a good interviewer. Her plan was to let me fall flat on my face <laughs> with that given chance and use that to get rid of me. What she didn't know is that I'm very good at interviewing, but also I had the skills to back it up. She was just too stubborn and stuck in her ways to hire me. Plus, I don't think she thought anything of people from North Carolina A&T State University. Everybody doesn't have Aggie pride. Some people are just old and dumb. I actually saw her not too long ago uh, at a sub shop for lunch. I forgot she lived kind of where I work now and she was out there getting lunch and I looked at her and she looked at me like she wanted to say something, but I looked at her like, bitch, keep moving. Yeah, I still remember. Sucker. Anyways, um, her colleagues even wanted to hire me for their departments, but she put in the block and wouldn't transfer me. But then she also wouldn't hire me either. So I was literally like stuck. stuck. And I remember just being so mad, but also so determined. I should have got out much quicker, but... I wanted to prove to her that I was super worthy of getting a job and I'll get any job anywhere. But then at the same time, I was just mad because it wasn't working. So it was like I'd spend two and a half days of the week, super focused, super zoned in, going above and beyond. And then the other two just coasting, just mad. And so I was really just battling with myself because she wasn't moving. Eventually, I got a new job and I came up to her to sign my recommendation for this job or either sign up to go to court with my lawyers. Which is really just my friends from law school. So needless to say, she, she signed it, shook my hand, pretended like it was all good, then I was out. <laughs> well, actually, before I was out, she tried to give me this laundry list of things I needed to do before I left. I looked at that checklist and I was like, all right, cool, I'll, be, I'll, I'll get it done. Things were good, but not as good as they seemed. The new place I went to, um, I had a plan to ball out and be there for three years and move on to bigger and better. I had gotten my MBA and I was ready to dominate. Um, there was a bunch of red flags, but I was so focused on trying to make it happen that I ignored them. Honestly, I'd left one situation so focused on trying to get out that I jumped right into a new one so focused on dominating that I missed what was happening. First things first, uh, when I got my offer, my recruiter told me to ask for more money and she'd kind of handle the back and forth. But what would eventually be my new boss skipped the recruiter and called me with HR on the phone and basically demanded um, to know why I thought I needed more money. And honestly, he challenged my worth. And I don't know if I'm. And to be honest, I didn't do a good job of valuing myself. I almost let him talk me into believing that I wasn't worth enough. And so we went back and forth and I still feel like I settled for two less, but um, we worked it out and I started. 
But um, if I could go back and do it again, I would never let anybody try to challenge my worth like that again. Um, I really wish I would have seen what was coming, but I felt ambushed by the call and I just wasn't ready. And I paid for it and, and didn't get paid for it. <laughs> but after that, it was just a bunch of little petty stuff. Like somebody spied on me in the bathroom and was saying I took too long and they were clocking to see, you know, how long it took. It was just messy. I just laugh thinking about it now because I came in really, really guarded again. And the HR manager was actually really cool and she looked like me. So um, she would kind of pull me to the side and talk to me. And when I would not necessarily vent, but speak my piece, she would listen. Um, but she, you know, she worked there and she worked there for a while and she kind of knew how they operated. So she bounced back and forth. Not in the same way that the corporate brother did. I always felt like I only had half of her ear and didn't want to pull for any more. So she looked out for me as much as she could and she'd help me with things in the healthcare aspect and, you know, some simple HR functions. But that's about it. When it got down to some of the petty stuff, I didn't really know if she was running back and talking or telling. So I didn't trust it. But for the first year or so, like I dominated and um, I was just determined to just ball out and really do my thing. And then life started to happen. Um, Jackson was growing up. Um, we started having a, a couple of health issues, but I had really good health care. Um, we bought a house and was really trying to get my life together and kind of establish myself. And I guess you could say I got comfortable. Uh, but really, I just started looking at my resume and I was tired of interviewing and I was tired of explaining my three or four different jobs in a short amount of time. And I would think to, you know, look at my dad and his generation and people who worked for 30 and 40 years in one place or at least for one organization. And I was like, I don't have any of that. Crazy thing is, you know, fast forward 10 years the average you know span at a job now is like three or four years and you're bouncing to the next one whether you're a college graduate or you're a you know senior executive you're moving and shaking but 10 years ago you know it was still like well what is this guy doing so i was just tired of explaining my story i was tired of interviewing i had really good health care and i didn't hate it um so i was just trying to do good but at the same time i started ignoring some of the flags that were flying in my face because I just wanted stability. Um, people were treating me bad. Um, the people were getting away. Get, well, the people were getting in the way of the process and I didn't do anything about it. I think the worst thing about it was I started taking no for an answer. And when you start taking no for an answer, uh, a lot more people ask you questions and a lot more people start saying no because they know you're not gonna do anything about it. And it would just bug me, but I wanted to kind of play the role. Um, I didn't want to be angry black man. I was trying to get along to get along, but it was killing me on the inside. And eventually I would just lose motivation, especially when the outcome um, started affecting me. I started getting in trouble, not serious trouble, but enough trouble where people would talk about me and people would go behind my back and always have something to say. Uh, people would shortchange me in meetings. Uh, all because I would take no for an answer, basically. And 
I just wasn't getting what I needed to get out of it. And my support system had left me. So it was just, it kind of sucks to think about it now because I'm smarter, but I was just in a bad place. I was trying to stay in a good place and ended up in a bad place. And before you knew it, uh, I ended up in an even worse place. Um, Jace was just being born, but uh, my original manager had transitioned to a different role, a golden parachute basically. And so his sidekick started taking over and he had been a jerk from the beginning. Um, him and I really didn't get along. He still held a grudge from, he was out sick when I interviewed, so he didn't get a chance to drill me. So for like three years, he had preconceived notions about me and he was hating on me. Mind you, I said in three years I was gonna roll, but I was comfortable. And I had good health care, and we were going through health issues. So I was just trying to stay stable. So now he's my boss and he can't wait to get his rocks off on me. Um, he's using every meeting to degrade me. He's using the uh, end of the year interview to unload all the things he wanted to say about me and couldn't say before. And you know, a lot of times people won't say that stuff to your face, but once he got the power and he got the chance to close the door to his office, he let loose. And I credit myself for not literally jumping up and punching him in the face, but you know, taking my L's where, you know, I deserve them, but also trying to work out a strategy to get on better terms. But even in that, even in setting up weekly meetings and check-ins, uh, he just used that as extra time to talk about me. I mean, I don't know how many times him and his boy uh, would go on smoke breaks just to talk about what I said after a meeting. It's kind of ridiculous, but I mean, <laughs> he was ridiculous. So there's that. I think the worst thing that bothered me about him was he would always quote the four agreements and always want to be talking about that like it was the greatest thing ever, like it was his Bible. So for those that don't know what the four agreements are, they are uh, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. And I mean, in general, those are dope. Like they work. The book is powerful. Like it's good. But he wasn't doing none of that. His word was trash. He took everything personally. He would be passive aggressive. Um, he assumed everything, especially about me. I guess I'll give him his best, but he really did his best job to not do his job. So it was just bothering me whenever he referenced the four agreements because I was like, fool, you're not doing any of this. Like, get out of here with that. But to make matters worse, this really started to affect my mental health. Um, I felt trapped. Uh, my money wasn't good. Um, I felt like I was stuck in a job that I needed to continue for the money. But um, I hated going. Um, I hated dealing with him. Um, the parts of my job that I could actually do were good, but he was always in the way. Um, I have a saying <laughs> at work that says the people get in the way of the process. And I hate when it's true, but it happens a lot. Um, but it was really messing with me. Um, not to the point where I was sick like I was at my first job, but I just had to keep taking mental breaks, to be honest with you. I would schedule meetings around lunch so I could take longer lunches. I'd get there early so I could take longer lunches. But honestly, I'd either sit in the parking lot and just close my eyes and vent, or I would go to a little shop down the street, stuff down a quick bite, 
and then just take that time to get my stuff together because it was really weighing on me. Um, funny enough, they would watch me sit in my car and they'd have the most to say. They even brought it up on, on my review that I don't seem like a team player because I don't eat lunch in the cafeteria. I go to my car and take hours on hours by myself. They think I'm sleeping in there. But honestly, I just had, was trying to keep my own mental peace. But there's assumptions and perception is reality. So... I used to be in such a bad place that recently I went to uh, one of my old spots for lunch just because I was over by that way. And I sat there and went through my meal and it was cool because the lady remembered me. But I ate and I got up to pay and she was like, you're leaving so soon? I was like, yeah, I got to get back. She was like, you used to sit up in here and it seemed like you would just pray and you would just kind of hold your head down and get yourself together. You must be having a good day. And I said, you know what? Honestly, I'm not at that job anymore. She was like, well, good for you. So that's just crazy. Like, I had to get out of that place. I'm so glad I did. Nothing can take away that joy like that ever again. It's tough to just think about because, like, I was really in a bad place with that. And when I really tried to get on the good foot and I really tried to just kind of do whatever they said and really tried to go along I just kept getting rolled under the bus and one day I snapped and honestly I was actually wrong about what I was assuming but I snapped and I let this dude have it and my boss came from around the corner and was like yes that's what I want to see Chris I love that aggression we need all of that all the time and I was like nah you're not going to convince me that you need me to be angry black man like this is beyond my character and this is not what I'm here for if you think this is what you need out of me then you really don't know me Funny enough, he didn't know me. Shortly enough, after I was trying to uh, get a new certification, uh, he took it upon himself to challenge my credentials. He took it upon himself to challenge my worth. Instead of just pencil whipping the, the sheet for a $300 class to get this credential, he decided that that was time where he was going to pull out my resume. I had already been working there for five years, but he wanted to pull out my resume and see what I've been doing. Don't forget, he wasn't there to interview me, so he hadn't had a chance to. He'd had a chance to get his rocks off. He's had a chance to talk about me, but he hadn't had a chance to interview me. So he's asking me stuff about previous jobs, and I'm like, I work here already. I'm not even going up for a new position. I'm just getting my new certification. Then he's like, oh, I didn't know you had an MBA. I'm like, aren't you my boss? Don't you know about me? He's like, well, not really. I've never seen your resume. I was like, so you're just going to interview me? He's like, well, well, yeah. Long story short, uh, I didn't get my certification from him. Uh, They wouldn't pay for it because I couldn't justify it. Yet there were people that looked different than me. There were people that were younger than me, people that were older than me, who were getting full rides paid for for grad school, certifications up, down, trips to different facilities. And I can't get this little $300 check mark. I said, okay. So I went and got it myself. And the funny thing was when the corporate bigwigs came in and said, everybody in my position needs that certification. They looked at me and said, do you have this? And I said, yes, I do. And they said, oh, did we pay for it? I said, oh, absolutely not. My boss said I didn't need it. I just needed to go to work. It felt good being petty, uh, but he didn't love it. So 
eventually I got chewed out for that because I made him look bad in front of the big dogs. When I said, you made yourself look bad. You should have given me the certification. I had to claim that on my taxes. You could have done it for free. Again, that was another last straw to let me know it was time to roll because I just wasn't going to let anybody challenge me again on my worth. I know who I am and I know what I'm good for and I'm good for leaving. Healthcare be damn, um, positive things be damn, like it was time to go. And fortunately, I found a way out, but it shouldn't have taken me that long. I was already going into year six of my three-year plan, so it was time to go. So after I waved by slash FU to that place, I had an opportunity to go to a big name company and make some real dollars. I was excited because I feel like I was going to catch up with my peers. Um, I thought I was going to, you know, really move on this. I got in charge of a project that was supposed to last 18 months. And then I was going to uh, become a full time big dog in this company. And so I was working my butt off. I was working Saturdays. I was working Sundays. I was working overtime during the week. Um, I was with people that looked like me. I was with people that went to my school. And, you know, I was making stuff happen. Um, Super excited about it. Uh, Really putting in work. Had a cool boss. And then I realized that the project that I was on was really just, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, it was just a fantasy and a wet dream of the big dog who wanted to see something happen. He was basically there to erase some of the mistakes he had made before and save a bunch of money from it. So we were helping him do that. But what I found out was that all this work we were putting into a project really wasn't going anywhere. And a lot of people on the floor were losing faith in us and losing trust because we would work all week just to present the information to him on Friday for him to be upset about it and give us more work to do over the weekend. So here I am thinking I'm making things happen and we're really just helping this man present to his big dogs on Friday afternoon. So if he felt like we had it in place, he wouldn't trip. But for the most part, he always had something to say because we were controlling his project. It was just messy now that I think about it. And I should have seen it coming, but um, I didn't. Seemed like everybody else was playing roles and enjoying themselves and just doing enough to get by. And me and my group were the only ones working hard. Next thing you know, uh, it's Friday evening and I'm taking the dog out for a walk after dinner and I get a call and I'm thinking that it's the call that's going to say, hey, we know you just finished this 18 month project in 11 months. We're ready to bring you on. And they basically said, your work is done. Um, we'll, We'll let you know when you can come pick up your things. Lucky for them, I was able to get them at 7.30 in the morning, right in front of the guard shack where everybody comes in. So everybody had to watch me come in and pick my things up like a walk of shame. It was kind of an asshole move, but when you make all the money, you can do it. And I probably should have seen it coming, but I was just so focused on trying to, you know, make a name for myself at the big company and trying to get put on, Um, really just trying to prove that I was worth it, that... I should have remembered that this had long not been about the process. It had a long time been about the people. Um, But I got fired. I guess I got fired. I just got let go. Um, And it hurt. 
it hurt so bad. And then they tried to um, block me from getting unemployment, stating misconduct. But when my people took them to court, they didn't have anything. So I got my unemployment. But back to that, like, I cried. I cried hard. Um, I sobbed in my wife's arms for a minute. I feel bad because, you know, I didn't know what she was going to do. And I didn't know how we were going to make it through. Um, we had just found out we were pregnant with Drew. And I just felt like a failure. I felt like I let her down. I felt like I let my family down. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I never saw my parents or my dad specifically struggle like this. I saw very few friends struggling like this. And I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like I was redefining my worth and I was putting it in all the wrong things. So it hurt. It hurt bad. Um, I stayed on my grind though. Fortunately, my, my line brother and his wife have a very cool setup and they let me do some work for them. Um, but I had to put in my work with that, but just applying and interviewing during the day and working for them at night. It was just a lot, man. It was just frustrating though, because people are making moves. People are figuring out who they are and what they're doing. And I'm sitting here trying to make sure I can, you know, feed my family. And I just felt like I was better than that. And it's just disheartening to have to explain your story over again. And I mean, this podcast is even getting long. Just me talking about my job, just the bad parts about it. So imagine how I'm trying to explain this to people when, you know, I'm trying to get them to hire me. It's just exhausting. I don't know. I think the good thing about it is it showed all my diversity and that I haven't been in just one job, which, you know, as you recall, I thought stability was having one job and knowing one thing. So I guess all this bouncing around has actually helped me in the long run. Uh, Go figure. I guess God hadn't taken his hand off me. It's just hard to go through all that. Fortunately, I found um, something that I was looking for. And, you know, here I am. And I really got to shout out my wife um, for really just holding me down and like keeping me encouraged. Um, never making me feel like I let her down or let the kids down. Um, of course, the kids probably didn't know, but, you know, that's a lot. I, I mean, she doesn't want or deserve, you know, this. <laughs> she deserves, you know, the world and I'm trying to give it to her, but I just wasn't in good position. And I'm smart enough to know that that's not all everybody else's fault. I mean, you always hear these motivational speakers and people who, you know, attack each day and wake up at 430 in the morning and, you know, tell you to do everything right. They tell you to be accountable and hold yourself responsible for everything. But the thing about that is if you hold yourself accountable for every single thing that happens to you and everything is on you then that can be depressing if you're not careful. Like if you say the weight of the world is on your shoulders and it's all your fault for, you know, the position that you're in, that can be a lot to take in and you might not be ready to do all that. I know I'm not. And I've had to check myself about assuming fault and responsibility for every single thing. Um, I think the biggest thing is there's only so much I can control and the things that I can't control, I can't 
blame myself for them. You know, again, sometimes the people get in the way of the process. Sometimes life happens and sometimes shit happens. And you got to be ready for that. But you can't always stand in it and say it's yours. You can help clean up. You can help people move it around. You can, you know, ask for help when needed. Um, But it can't always be your fault. Accountability um, doesn't mean, you know, taking responsibility for everything and not blindly and stupidly. So as I've learned to do that, I've put myself in better places and it's made me easier to, you know, take my L, but also not take no for an answer again. Um, But again, just shout out to my wife because um, she deserves way better than I'm giving her. Uh, But I'm trying and I appreciate her for seeing that. So I'm here now at my current gig and it's going pretty well. Um, I'm excited, I'm involved, I'm active, um, people listen to me, people understand me, I'm making things happen, I'm making a difference, people are counting on me, um, I am being accountable, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Not to mention, I got a, uh, a decent amount of time off for Drew being born, but we already been through that. Uh, I'm just happy, but the only thing is, like, I am scared. Like all these jobs I've talked about and all this workplace PTSD, for lack of a better term, like it's left me jaded. Like I'm really scared about messing it up. I'm really scared about wearing a cutoff shirt in the gym because they're going to see tattoos and brands and judge me. I'm really scared about, you know, um, wanting to eat certain things at lunch with people uh, because I don't want them to judge me. I'm really scared about saying I'm going to church because, you know, I don't know what religion they are, you know, really scared about saying I saw the debates last night because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, Oh, speaking of which, I know I already passed that, man. But in 2016, when President Trump was elected, like I literally had people coming up to me, like taunting me and I had never said a word about anything. I guess they just assumed, you know, correctly assumed that I was down with Barack, but out of nowhere, people were just like taunting me like, yeah, we got you. We got you. That's scary. I never want to go through that again. That was super scary. So with this debates coming up, like I'm like, I'm looking with one, (laughs) you know, over my shoulder with one eye open, like, man, nobody better say anything to me about any of this. Just talk to me about sports. Just, in fact, don't even talk to me about sports. If I bring up sports, then you respond to me. But it's just scary. But, like, I still have this, like, cover where I try not to talk too much. And I try not to say too many things. And I think a lot of black people have that just because, you know, it's not always fair for us. And the rules not always made for us. Whether it's, you know, leisure things or casual things or how we respond to things. You know, how we take breaks. How we handle adversity, how we turn in our work, how we have to look, you know, we can't go, we can't get all the breaks. And I'm not saying we necessarily have to, it's not necessarily a pull your pants up thing, but we have to present differently. We have to work twice as hard to get half as far. That's all real. And it's scary that things are going well, because I don't want to turn into a place where I lose enthusiasm or where I have to vent and I have to, you know, take breaks to, you know, control my mental well-being. 
Uh, I don't want to have to be the angry black man to get my point across or just to get people to listen to me. I also don't want to put myself where I'm getting in trouble, where I'm out of favor. Um, I want to show my worth. I'd like to get paid for it. I still feel like I want to catch up to my friends, but I really just want to feed my family and, you know, maybe take us to Disney World every now and again. Um, I want to be able to afford to go home for Thanksgiving and get lost in the parking lot again. Um, I don't know. I just want to do things right. And I get really worried that I'm going to mess it up sometimes. Um, There's no real happy ending to this story uh, because I'm still in it. To be honest with you, it's just a vulnerable point where I'm trying to make sure I figure it out and just working through it day by day. Um, There's actually not anything bad happening right now, but still when my boss is like, hey, Chris, can I see you in my office? Like, I'm like, oh, shit, what did I do? Who like I start replaying through my mail through my mind, like what happened today? What happened? What project is due? What assignment? What could he be asking? And it's rarely anything. It's getting my input on something or talking to me, talking to me about the next idea or project or really, you know, using me for my value and my worth. And I'm not used to that. And it's crazy to say I'm not used to it, but I'm not. It's exciting. And it's always like a, whoo, okay. I thought you were coming to get me. Because I've been through that before. Um, I know it's still early here. And I don't know if I've got a, you know, three-year window on this. I kind of like what's happening. And I'm, you know, just trying to keep it in stride. But I just want to make sure I'm doing the best I can. Um, And so I'm grinding. Keeping my head down. Keeping my nose clean. um, Being a friend. Opening up some without too much. And just trying to be what I want to be. Um, for so long, I've wanted to be the the guy that you can come to for guidance or advice or um, just looking at how some of my frat brothers interact with each other on, you know, business plans and taking over. And a lot of it is proactive. A lot of it is this is what you need to do. You know, I want to be that that guiding light to uh, somebody younger, some, you know, college graduate or some young freshman or something like that. But I feel like so far, all I've been is the the don't be like me guy. The I did it wrong. You can do better than me. And, you know, while that's a valuable lesson to learn, I just don't like the way that looks. I know a couple of times where I've really had some dynamite feedback to give and some really good proactive information. But I could tell it wasn't well received just because I wasn't one of the ballers. Had I had one of the ballers said the same thing, they would have rolled with it. In fact, they did. And they were like, oh, thanks for that advice. And I'm like, man, damn, when I tried to tell you, you looked at me sideways. And I took that personally just because I wanted to be better than that. I want to be somebody you can count on. Um, I feel like I am in other aspects of my life, but business and, and responsibility are important. And I want to be somebody that can be counted on and not just the don't be like me guy. So I'm really just trying my best and I don't have it all figured out, but I'm working on it. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I've been struggling with how I was going to talk about this one just because some of this stuff just, it's emotional, but it just makes me angry and just some of the things that I've been through, some of the places where I messed up, some of the places where people did me wrong, and I still haven't just figured it all out. Um, and it's, it's day by day and I'm here. So if you made it this far, this is longer than my, my ones usually go, but 
now you're caught up to speed and um, just wish me luck. And if you see me slack and kick me in the butt, I'm out here trying to win. Let's get to some uplift. So a couple of things for uplift tonight. The first thing is know your worth. Don't let anybody define your greatness for you. As long as you know what you're capable of, you are in control of your destiny. You might punch a clock. You might sign a time slip. You might have a nine to five. But if you're in control of your life, whether that's financially, um, happiness, stability, Nobody can really take that from you. They can try, but when you're in control and you know your worth and you know your value, then you're in control. And when you're in control, it helps you realize that there is still time. There might not be as much time as there was, but there's still time to achieve your dreams, accomplish your goals. It just takes some retooling. It does take some accountability, but also it takes a smart mind to know what's for you and what's not for you. It takes a smart mind to keep your eyes open and don't ignore the red flags, but use them to adjust to what you need to do. Um, don't throw a temper tantrum. Don't throw a fit. Don't start cutting everything off just because things didn't go your way. Figure out what you can do differently. And figure out what you can bring to the table in a different manner so that your value shines. Um, so far, that's helped me at the new gig, and uh, hopefully it'll continue to help. I do know that there are some people out there that are struggling right now with whether it's employment or um, figuring out how their value uh, can impact somebody. And that's OK. The race is not over yet. Obviously, in the words of Nip, uh, the marathon continues. But in our everyday lives, you know, there's still time to be great. I mean, how many examples do we have of people that didn't figure it out till they were 30, 35, 40, 45, 50? You know, of course, if we knew then what we know now, but we're also in the here and now and there's time to change. There's time to do something new. There's time to be great. If what you've got so far hasn't gotten you where you wanted to go, change it up a little bit. See if there's something new you can do. See if there's something you can adapt to something you can change, something you can be more positive about, something you can involve yourself in differently, or just something you can do diff differently in general. It's not over. So hold your head up, um, keep grinding, and try something new. Try something different. Um, try something that'll help get you to a better place. Might not be the place where you want. It might be a stepping stone, but it's better than where you're at. So what's the harm in that? Why be in such a rush to get back to the place where you were? You've already been there. Why are you going back? So just keep moving. Keep grinding. Keep your head up. And remember, it's not over. Know your value and put that value to work. Real hard guy in this story that preached the four agreements and all that stuff. Um, he was basically somebody who was known for putting out fires and then got into a management position um, without any training. So he didn't really know how to work with people and his thoughts and ideas would shift just like the fires he would put out. So there was always something new 
and I get confused very easily. And we were just a perfect mismatch for each other. So one of the things that we have to remember in situations like that is it's very hard to think for yourself and act for yourself and work for yourself. So when trying to think and work for somebody else, especially somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, um, you're always going to look confused or you're always going to look like something is wrong. Something might not be wrong except for the fact that you don't have clear direction. And sometimes there's no clearer direction than right in front of you. So do your best to communicate and work with people so that you can figure out problems together. Otherwise, you're going to be running in circles for somebody who's going to be mad that you didn't run in a square. And lastly, stay in control of your regrets. I've played the regret game all the way back to like middle school on things I would have done differently and where my life would be. But like, why would you sit there and get upset and imagine what you could have done with your life when there are so many blessings that you have in front of you? Like, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to do differently and I replay scenarios on what I would have done, but that would have changed everything. You know, I wouldn't have the wife I have. I wouldn't have the kids I have. You know, that's hard to take away. You know, what if I had taken a different job or done that gap year? What if I would have had to get a phone call saying my mom had died and I wasn't there, you know, to see her take her last breaths or, or be there for it? Not even the last two years, but the last week or the last day. Like, how do you change that? How are you comfortable with replacing that? I mean, short of, you know, doing crime or doing something dangerous, but like, be in control of your regrets. There's a lot of things I would have done differently, especially job-wise, um, you know, being accountable and just doing different stuff like that. But don't go too far down the rabbit hole where you depress yourself on things that you have no chance in changing. But what I can change is my attitude, my outlook, my input, uh, my direction. I can change a lot of that, but I can't change the shoulda, coulda, wouldas from when I walked across the stage till now. I'm here. I've learned it. I have people who look up to me and I have a responsibility to them. And the best thing I can do for them is to be present here and do my best to figure out what's happening and put us in position to win. So that's what I'm going to do. Life comes at you fast. I'm just trying to keep up with yesterday. I'll be back soon to unload some more of the good, bad and ugly. As I told you, it's a day by day process. And I'm still going to need some help trying to find out where did I park. park.